You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, we welcome you back to Open Court with Jay Young. This is your information source for Fairfield University basketball. Tied to hear from the second-year head coach of the Stags, Jay Young. I'm Bob Huesler, joined as always by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Stags return to MAC play on Friday evening. They begin the new year with a 5 o'clock tip against Ryder, and then they play Ryder again at Alumni Hall on Saturday. Another 5 o'clock tip. So uh, let's start it off, Coach, by welcoming you, welcoming you back, having been with you for a couple of weeks, and uh, wanted to ask you uh, what – did uh, you do for Christmas, and uh, how did you and uh, the Stags, uh, the players themselves, uh, spend what I'm sure was a very brief holiday break? Yeah, uh, thanks, Bob, and, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody and certainly to you guys. Uh, we let them go home uh, right after the FDU game, and um, we kind of all felt, all the coaches, I know some college programs were keeping their teams on campus uh, in light of all the COVID issues, but we really felt that uh, our guys need to be with their families for the holidays that they need to be. Uh, they haven't seen a lot of them, their families in a long time. And then just, just for our, you know, their own mental health, that it was going to be a good break to get away uh, and get a chance to see their family. So we let them go home after the FDU game. Uh, they had to come back the night of the 26th, which is not a long time, but we had to quarantine for a couple of days till we got uh, a couple negative tests back. So we just had our first practice today. Um, uh, we just got off the floor. So that was kind of our schedule. And I just, uh, I was at home with my wife and my mother-in-law and, and it was uh, kind of like a, a normal night for us. I didn't get a chance to see my family. We were just too uh, worried with everything that's going on. So we just kind of uh, played it safe and, and stayed home. Jay, did you, this is not my one allotted pointed question. I think I have one later, but how were you at home? Were you able to relax? Were you thinking, man, I wish we were practicing. Um, you know, we work on some new things. We got to turn this thing around. Uh, you always been honest with us. So what was going through your head while you're sitting at home? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I came in and I, I worked the 23rd and 24th and actually got a lot of stuff kind of done. Um, and Christmas Day, I was home and, uh, you know, I, I watched some basketball. I, I, I tried to, you know, be engaged uh, as much as I could as, as a good husband and, and all that. But I think anybody who's ever coached, especially when you're going through a season like this, it's, it's always on your mind. Um, even when you're watching another team play, you, you know, can we get better at at doing this or to, can you steal something from them? So I, I, I think maybe my wife would tell you different. I, I think I was okay. Uh, but, but I, I, it's just kind of, you know, when you live this and, and, uh, and whether we were having a good year or a bad year, it, it's just kind of the way I operate. I, I just always thinking about basketball and, and ways to get us better. Probably, probably, uh, shouldn't be sometimes and, and do a better job with other parts of my life. But, um, uh, that's just kind of the way I'm wired. So yeah, to answer your question, I was, I was, uh, nothing got broken at the house. That's for sure. I was, uh, I think we watched a, a Christmas movie. We watched Elf together one night and that was fun. And uh, other than that, uh, I was kind of thinking about basketball. 
Well, uh, Jay, just for our listeners' sake, uh, we're talking to you on the Tuesday before your Friday return to basketball action, and you just laid it out for us. You played uh, FDU on December 22nd, which was one week ago today. Then you let the team disperse, as you just laid it out for us, and then weren't able to practice again until, well, as you said, today. So that's a pretty big gap. Did you notice um, – Maybe uh, a reset uh, in terms of your team's mental framework. You said you, they needed a mental break. Yeah. Did you notice a difference coming back today after that long gap? Um, I did. You know, we and we we spent some time. We did work them out. Uh, so when they came back on the 26th and the 27th, we we took uh, everybody on the team and we put two guys in alumni hall, two guys in uh, Walsh and were able to work them out as long as they were at one end of the basket. So they had to rebound their own shot. They had to, we just stood at half court. So we just kind of, you know, blew out the Christmas cookies and everything and tried to get those guys just up and down a little bit. But, you know, we had a good conversation. We, we did it through zoom while they were kind of quarantined for the last couple of days and just went over some plays and, uh, you know, my message to them, I talked to all of them and texted all of them during when they were on their break. It just, you know, it's, it's, we got a new year coming up and we got to be a new team. That was kind of the theme that we, uh, I still feel we can be a very, very good basketball team. We've obviously got to uh, clean up a lot of stuff, but uh, I think that there, our talent is there. We're for whatever reason, reason, we're just kind of all underachieving right now. And, uh, but we've got the ability to turn this thing around quickly and uh, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Who's the first guy you call? Who's the guy that you think, is like closest to being an assistant coach out of the players? Um, I think Taj, you know, cause he was here last year and, and he called me. Um, he actually called me before I called him on the 20, I think it was the 23rd or 24th. We had a good talk. So, uh, you, you know, Taj and I have a good relationship and, and uh, he's been a warrior first. Um, so he, he actually, Joe reached out to me first and just about, you know, a couple things and uh, had a good talk with him, but all the guys were engaged and I've got a great group of guys who have high character. So, uh, you know, if you, that, that always leads me to believe that we can quickly turn this around and, and get it going. So, but I'd, I'd say Joe, the Taj was the first guy sure. and kind of the sounding mm -hmm. board. Coach, uh, we're not going to ask you if you're surprised by the one and eight record. Uh, we know that you're surprised and you've already kind of hinted at where I'm going with this. Uh, what, what is the margin of error from what you've told us so far during this uh, podcast? It, it's a small margin. So I'm not going to ask you how correctable is it. You've already told us it is correctable. But if you could get specific, what are the things that clearly must be done in order to move forward into 2021 and ultimately come away with a winning record in, in the conference where it really counts? Yeah, so we, we met the guys, Bob, uh, we had the Zoom meeting, and I showed him about 30 plays from the FDU game. And it, it was really just this. It was like we're disconnected, and I've used that word with you guys before. We're disconnected with each other, and we're disconnected um, with the coaching staff. And not that it's selfishness. It's just we, we've got to uh, do a better job of, uh, of our execution in so many moments on both ends. Uh, you know, it, it's like – kind of seems like you you address one issue and you, and you make some progress and then an issue that you didn't have I'll give you an example we went into the Niagara game I think we were 81st in the country in, in defending the three 
in the last three games, which is good, obviously. In, in the last three games, we haven't been able to defend the three for some reason. Uh, some of that's turnovers. Some of that's, you know, shot selection that leads to stuff. But it was really this message that we're, you know, the first play of the game against FDU, uh, we made a mistake in coverage uh, and gave up a three to rush. And it was a play that we had gone over several times. And in, in, so my message to them was that's nothing that FDU did. Uh, this is just us being not connected with each other, with, with, with what we're trying to do. And these are the things that we've got to clean up. So the, the, the title of the uh, presentation that we gave the guys was Fairfield beating Fairfield. And that's what we have to stop doing. Uh, we, no disrespect to FDU, they, they made shots. And, but we felt just so much of it was self-inflicted, whether it was an error with scouting report, concentration, uh, you know, and I'll, and I'll say to the guys, like, what should we be doing? And they'll give me the right answer. And I said, well, if we know it, then for some reason, whatever it is, we're, we're not executing like we should. So we're going to just kind of keep on that same theme. And, and a lot of that is our habits, our everyday habits and practice that we've got to keep improving on. But that's just kind of the word I keep using all the time, Bob, is we're just disconnected right now. Uh, for whatever reason that is. And if I had an answer for it, I would certainly fix it. We're trying to just kind of roll up our sleeves and, 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 um, and, and get back to work and, and keep improving. That's the only way I know how. In your uh, previous uh, coaching stops, including uh, say when you were a head coach at, uh, at New Haven and also when you were an assistant uh, at Stony Brook and at Rutgers, is there any frame of reference for you? Have there been teams in your past that have had that particular problem, as you put it, uh, that uh, lack of connectivity? And how did you go about, if there is a frame of reference, how did you go about, um, like you said, what needs to be done? They're answering the questions the way you want them answered. Uh, but beyond that, do you have any other examples in your coaching history where you've seen a team not been able to get on the same page, then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it clicked and came together? Well, I told the team a, a story, I think it was my last year at Stony Brook, that uh, we started the season – uh, we played Vanderbilt, lost in overtime at Vanderbilt. Next two nights later, we played at Western Kentucky, lost on the last play of the game at Western Kentucky. I think we came back, we beat someone, and we had a couple Division three team, a couple Division three teams we played in there, and then went out to Notre Dame, got racked at Notre Dame, got beat bad, which never really happened to us. We had it. We we felt we had an NCAA team that year. Uh, then right after Notre Dame went to Northeastern and got pretty, got beat pretty good at Northeastern too. So I told the team, I remember I got off the bus and, and uh, Joe, you probably remember these head coaches meetings. And, and we, we got off the bus and coach Peichel had us, the coaching staff in the film room. And we probably sat there till two 30 in the morning, three and one of those, just, just, you want to just shoot yourself. They're so long and they're so miserable. And uh, we're talking about, you know, Hey, we, we, we got a good team. We don't know what's going on. And we got to get this thing turned around and everybody was down. And then uh, 18 games later, we still hadn't lost. We rolled off 18 in a row, had the longest winning streak in the country. So I don't think we can not, but my message to him was it can turn quickly. And at the lowest moment that we probably had uh, that year was after that Northeastern game and then came back and uh, like I said, won 18 in a row. So I don't know if we're capable of that, but my message, like I said, was, uh, we can start tomorrow. A lot of these mistakes are fixable. Um, 
And we've just got to do a better job with our habits, our everyday habits. And, and that's, you know, that's what that is. So uh, I'm confident. I told the guys, I, I still believe like I believed before we tipped off of Providence that we can be a good basketball team. And that hasn't changed. And, you know, a lot of it coaches uh, is personnel driven. Uh, clearly the personnel is, uh, is, is solid. You've <laughs> We know you've got good players. So now it's a matter of them uh, coming together because, as you said to us once, uh, and the last time we spoke to you, uh, Jake Wojcik and Zach Chrysler had not yet been granted their eligibility. We were presuming they would be granted the eligibility. They have been. But you said if that happens, then guys are going to have to accept the fact that minutes are going to be reallocated. And so there's an adjustment period going on here. How challenging has it been for you as a coach, uh, and this is an ongoing thing, to find that balance? And how challenging has it been for the players very early on in this new process of accepting this uh, rebalancing of the allocation of minutes? It, you know, Bob, it's just it's been challenging because um, when you're not playing well and when guys aren't performing well, it's challenging to find rotations and combinations and lineups uh, that you feel comfortable with. So we've changed our starting lineup a couple times, a few times, and it's just, can we get a guy going? Can, will he be better coming off the bench? Can we find some combinations? And I've got all the lineup data. I mean, I've got to sit around on my desk and, and I go through it constantly with the numbers tell you, and, and that's helpful. But I think the biggest challenge, they've been great with the minutes. We've got a very unselfish bunch um, so that hasn't been an issue. It's just been the challenge when, when you're not playing well and you're trying to push the right buttons and those buttons still don't seem to be working. Uh, you know, I, I said this to my staff the other day, like, it's almost like you just kind of throwing spaghetti up against the wall and seeing what sticks right now that, that, that what will, what will get us going? What will kind of invigorate us? Is there a combination that works? So that's more the challenge, just, just trying to find out something that, that you feel really comfortable with. And obviously when you're not playing well and when, when so many guys are, are not playing well, uh, you don't feel comfortable with a lot. Jay, are you further away defensively or offensively to where you want to be? I'd say defensively. Um, you know, because that's what, that's what, you know, we're, and I tell you, we're nothing without that. And I've been really disappointed in, I mean, we've certainly had our offensive issues. There's no question about that, but uh, I just feel we can dig in and we could withstand uh, the bad offensive performances. If we were better defensively, we have not had the integrity on that end of the floor that I would like. So, I think defensively, I've been more disappointed in that than our offense. What are the answers? Uh, I mean, when you talk about offense, there are many ways you can say we have to do A, B, C, and D. Defensively, um, what are the things that there may be – that's more of a coaching thing. A fan looks at it and they see – they may not see the subtleties involved in getting the team to connect at the defensive end. What are you uh, looking for them to do? to improve in that regard? You know, it sounds simplistic. We, we've got to reduce errors on that end of the floor. Um, you know, I'm a big believer of get them, get them to do it right. And then when it doesn't work, you change. Um, 
we just have made too many errors, whether it's in coverage areas, scouting report area errors. Um, you know, any the best defensive teams in the world are going to get beat off the dribble. Guys are going to make shots, but we've just had some some very key areas uh, that have let us down um, with our schemes. And and uh, you know, I showed the guys some film about some teams I've been with some great, just some great energetic stops throughout, you know, my career. I always keep a file of film of this is a, you know, great defensive possession. This is, and I said, this is what, this is what it looks like when five guys are connected. Um, and I, I know I go back to that word, but we're just on that end of the floor too. We'll, we'll get beat off the dribble and the help, the rotations will be bad behind it or their help will be bad behind it or, our ball screen coverage, we had like three mistakes in ball screen coverage the other night that we know what we should be doing. Um, so it, it's it's just a matter of we got to get better habits every day in practice. So when those moments come to us that we make the right calls, we make the right decisions, and and we, we have to reduce mistakes uh, because our margin of winning on both ends is, is very small. Um, so we, we've got to continue to do that every day in practice. Uh that being uh, discussed, the defensive end, let's uh, flip it back to uh, the offensive side. And uh, as you look to uh, become a more improved offensive team, you've got a guy here who is starting to uh, come into his own and, uh, as a freshman in Jalen Leach has uh, been showing those flashes of uh, the scoring ability you told us uh, you expected out of him over the course of his Fairfield career. He has 27 points over his last two games, which is, uh, I think, more than he had in his previous four. And this is all this is all expected. He's a freshman and he's growing. So, you know, I'm leading up to what is the uh, the growth potential here for Jalen? I, I start with him in particular because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, but in terms of potential, this is a guy who has probably the most potential to be that one breakout offensive star for Fairfield, right or wrong? Yeah, you know, I think that's been well discussed about his offensive ability, and um, he's very talented. It comes easy for him. Um, so I've been I've been pleased. Like all of our guys, Jalen's got to be more consistent. Um, and, and uh, you know, you're going to have nights where you shoot it well or you don't shoot it well, uh, but you got to go down that other end of the floor. You got to dig in, and and, and you got to be more consistent down there too. So mm-hmm. I've been very happy with his play. He's working hard on his defense, uh, but he's, you know, he's just one of those guys offensively that the game just kind of uh, comes easy for him. It slows down for him. He doesn't get sped up a lot, uh, and you know he can he can really shoot the ball and shoots it with range. So uh, he's got to get stronger. That's going to be the next kind of uh, part of his evolution is a good summer in the weight room to be more explosive and to get stronger. But uh, certainly, you know, from an offensive standpoint, he, he's got a lot of, lot of ability. Okay. Um, not that we don't like having you solely as our guest, but we, I look forward, and I know a lot of our listeners are looking forward to when we bring in the players because nowadays without fans – Certainly Bob and I don't get to travel like we used to. You know, we don't do the games anymore on the road. So we don't get to know these kids. So in saying that, when Jalen Leach goes one for six from the field, one for five against Niagara in the first game, and he comes out in the second game and goes five for six, four for five, two for two, 16 points, four assists, 
Is he the type of kid after the first game that gets down on himself and gets in there and working? Or is he just somebody that's just like, okay, tomorrow's another day? I think he probably internalizes a lot. But, but you know, I, I think these guys all realize, or I, I hope they do, is that when you're playing for me and I don't – I would prefer you go five for six. I don't care about the one for six. Those are going to happen. Um, they probably happen to, you know, I, I tell them LeBron James has had awful games. I've showed them numbers of, of players who have had awful games. What I need them to do is to go down that other end and, and show me that, that that's important to them down there. Because the one for six then will, will end. I mean, you'll get a steal. You'll be in the passing lane. You'll get a rebound. You'll get something easy for yourself. But if you're just concerned about the one for six, then then we're going to have an issue. So I'm always about take good shots. They're going to go in. If you miss, you miss. That's, you know, I, I really say anything about missed shots. I want them to take good shots, but they got to go down the other end and show how important that on their end of the floor is. So that's that's I don't even know if I ever I, I don't think I said one word to uh to him about his one for six. I, I honestly didn't even remember it until you said it, yeah, but yeah. I guarantee you I'd, I'd say something to him about his ball screen coverage about the, or about a big rebound that he couldn't get or something like that. So that's kind of the way that I, they, I operate, you know, and, and guys, uh, you know, I said to him the other day, and I don't think I've ever taken anybody out for a bad shot, but I'll take you out for, you know, missed coverage or not, not digging out a rebound or a 50, 50 ball. You know, it, it's so I'm going to add to that. It, it's so hard these days. There's so much peer pressure with the social network. And I'm, I'm going to sound like an old, like even cell phones, you know, guy goes 10 for 11. Well, you know, that night his cell phone is lighting up. He can't concentrate on the next game. But when I, I don't do as much, but in my basketball academy, when I used to do a lot of one-on-ones, I used to tell him, you know, in baseball, you strike out, you got to wait 45 minutes to get up right. again. Basketball's not like that. You know, you can miss a wide open dunk, steal the ball and get a three point shot in the next second. So um, I, I just felt I needed to add that. that. So I, I think it's a great thing about basketball. There's so many possessions and so many ways you can redeem yourself. It shouldn't just be about the points you score and right. the way you shoot. But um, I was just curious about Jalen as a person, because he looks like one of those guys that's just kind of laid back and, 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 you know, lets it come to him, so to speak. And eventually if he is like that, you're going to want him to step up and say, you know what, I got to take over this game. Yeah. I, you know, I tell him, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself that, that uh, you, you can do a lot of things on the offensive end that will, that I'm, I'm going to not ignore, but I'm probably uh, going to turn my head to some of those things. That's the defensive end. That's, that's got to be just as, it's got to be more important. Um, and that's, that's how you get to stay on the floor. Coach, uh, Joe was just talking about um, the personality in this particular case of Jalen Leach. I wanted to ask you, um, who are the the alpha males on this team, if I were to phrase it that way? And, uh, you know, who's the vocal guy on this team? Do you need somebody and do you have somebody who is uh, willing to be that vocal leader? Can you name any names for us? Yeah, I think Taj and Jesus are probably the, in practice the guys who who do the most talking. Our freshman group's a quiet group, and they've got to they've got to get out of their comfort zone because you know they, they can be quiet uh, off the court. On the court, I need them to be vocal and talk. But um, I, I would say those two, Bob, uh, 
we've got to do a better job of, of a little more energy with some stuff. And, and uh, that that's, you know, just about our habits every day talking and, and, uh, and, and just kind of being excited to come to practice and doing what we love to do. So I, I would say those two um, it's, on different days, you know, Chris, Chris has got a good personality. He's kind of come out of his shell. Um, but it, it's usually Jesus and usually Taj, the guys who, who are doing the most talking in, in practice. You know, I was watching an NBA game the other day and the person I was with made the observation that it really is important. It sounds, uh, it, it sounds kind of frivolous to a certain extent uh, when you first consider it, but it really is not. Uh, frivolous. It's important that the bench is more engaged than ever, considering the fact there are no fans in the stand. And you just kind of hinted at the fact that there are a lot of, you know, quiet, per, not not a preponderance, but there are quiet personalities in this Fairfield group. You need everybody to be engaged on game day. I know I'm stating the obvious, but it's more important than ever. Maybe something that we've overlooked to a certain extent, isn't it? It is. I mean, we you know, we talk about, you know, making our own energy every day when we come to uh, Alumni Hall to, to to play and that we've got to create energy off of each other. And that's contagious. So uh, it goes from the, you know, the walk ons on the bench to the guys who aren't playing to uh, even, you know, every day in practice, guys clapping on the baseline, just a uh, an environment of energy that uh, when we do anything. And, and certainly that has to we there's obviously no crowd to feed off of. So you got to feed off the energy of your teammates and the guys on the bench. Is there room for improvement in that regard for Fairfield? Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we've obviously had, you know, uh, there's, there's room for improvement in everything we do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when you're off to a, uh, a start like we've had, uh, it's even more important that these moments, these, these, uh, you know, you, I said to the guys the, the other day, you know, these are the moments, these moments that you go through here. And, and like I said, I've been part of these, the, the tough conversations, the, 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 uh, you know, the losing, those are just as important moments when you're trying to build a championship program as, as the wins, you got to go through some of these sometimes. And it's always about, uh, you know, how you react to these that is going to, you know, is going to determine where you're going to end up. So uh, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. I, I feel this. I feel we can win every single game on our schedule. That's that's how I feel. Uh, I also know that if we continue to make the same mistakes and continue to have, uh, you know, do some of the things we've been doing, we can lose every game on our schedule. And I, I know that. And I told them that. So I'm not – being overly optimistic, but I, th I think our talent is good enough, but we have to make some changes and we have to be better at what we're doing. And that was, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're working on every single day. Like how can we correct mistakes? As uh, you turn the page literally and uh, figuratively on uh, 2020 and uh, get it into 2021, I want to ask you about uh, four players as a group, because there's an assimilation factor going on here with these guys. Um, Jake Wojcik, Zach Chrysler, look, they've been around since, uh, you know, the beginning of the season, but now they are part of this team. We know that going forward. And uh, now they're going to be more incorporated as part of what you're doing. And you had two guys who were with you last year, and they're still, you know, kind of feeling their way along here this year, the transfers 
who uh, became eligible this year, Caleb and, and Chef. Uh, I imagine that the break did Caleb some good because you said he needed to relax a little bit, maybe just getting away from it for nine days helps him. But those four guys collectively, as they now become part of this whole group, uh, how important is it that they get from where we left off in 2020 into where you're going to take this Fairfield team into the new year? Well, we won't get there without them. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty important. Okay. Uh, you know, they're going to have to play much better and we're going to have to help them play much better. That's our job as coaches. Um, you know, we sat out chef and we sat out Caleb for a whole year and uh, obviously bought uh, Jake and Zach in here because we uh, felt that they could be difference makers uh, for us. And I believe that, but they're going to have to play better. And, and our job as coaches is to help them do that. So we're looking at things to do, but to answer your question, I mean, you know, if they don't play better and, and uh, then, then, you know, we're going to have similar results. We need those guys to, to make more shots, to be better defenders, to turn it over less. And, and, uh, but I could really go down, you know, our, we've been just so inconsistent uh, from game to game and from person to person. I could probably say that with just about everybody, but we're, okay. we're just, we're just going to have to, uh, I know I, I said the, there's no secret sauce here. There, there's, you know, the, the magic and Tom Thibodeau said this the other day. So t- the magic is in the work and uh, you, we just got to get back to work. We got to work harder. We got to do a better job with, um, everything scouting uh our preparation our individuals everything we got to take a look at and do a better job of uh, because what we're doing now isn't working yeah i'm just curious how do you handle scouting um number one do you have uh, certain assistants responsible for certain teams do you give the team scouting reports do you quiz them on it just if you can give us a quick uh, synopsis of how you handle scouting reports we did it a little differently this this year with the back-to-back because we just felt um, we can all get more engaged in scouting this year. So in the past, it was like your team, you kind of did everything. And then the next – but with the back-to-back games, we felt that, um, you know, there's a lead guy on each team. So Pat has uh, – Pat Sellers has a rider. But uh, I'll have Chris kind of concentrate on the offense – uh, Brian concentrate on what we can run on out of bounds unders. And I look a lot at, at the defensive stuff. So we kind of, it's kind of a tag team. Pat will present it finally to the team and we do give them a, a, a paper scalp with mostly personnel and any verbal calls that we have picked up. So those are the two things that we kind of concentrate on, but uh, we do it a little differently this year. Cause I felt that with the back to backs um, it was a better opportunity for for all of the coaches to get more engaged in, in preparation for a, an opponent. Well, uh, on that note, coach, what can you tell us about Ryder and uh, what challenges are they going to pose for you this weekend? Yeah, I, I think they're, you know, they're very similar to us. They lost a lot of scoring uh, from last year's team with some transfers uh, and they bought in a lot of new guys. So you can see that they're trying to blend uh, their new they're new guys together with a few of the guys who played last year. So uh, they're talented offensively, averaging 68 points a game. We're going to have to stop them. They shoot free throws, shooting 35% from three. They've got very good offensive numbers. Uh, defensively, they've struggled. You know, they've given up almost 48%, 37% from three and uh, 77 points. But, um, you know, we, we've got to 
we've got to be able to stop them uh, and cut that number 77 uh, down considerably. But they've got some individually talented guys, and you can see that there, Kevin does a very good job. They're just kind of trying to figure out with so many new guys themselves. So I, I said to the guys the other day, they're a lot like us. They're trying to take the few guys, the couple guys that they had from last year, uh, blend in all these new guys. And, you know, they've had some rough moments along the way. But I also watched their St. John's game where they were ahead, you know, for 35 of the 40 minutes against St. John's at St. John's. So they've, they're, they've got some very talented individuals. And, and if they figure it out, which I hope is the weekend after we play them, uh, I, I, you know, scares me their ability to score. They've got, I think, uh, three guys in double figures and a couple guys at, at right around nine. So almost five double figure scorers on their roster. I, Jay, I watched, I was only able to watch 10 minutes of the NJIT game and they were getting beat double figures, but I was impressed because they play hard. They play fast. They're athletic. They play off the dribble. And the one thing I noticed, they got a handful of guys. They're pretty deep that are versatile. They'll play different positions. You know, Christian Inns will be point guard. He'll be two. Dwight Murray Jr. will play a couple of spots. Is that a concern of yours? And you're going to emphasize more that, hey, guys, you've got to pay attention to the scouting report with this one more than ever. Yeah, I, you know, it's we, we always say they got, you know, everybody's got a yellow post-it stick on their forehead and everybody's got to know what it is, whether, you know, whether you're a shooter or a driver and everybody's got to know those, those certain keywords. But it's... I really feel it's so much more about us um, and, and what we're doing and uh, you know, our execution on both ends. So I'm always concerned about the opponents. I think we do a great job as a scout and we're prepared, um, but it's the mistakes. Like I described the first play of the game uh, that we just made a mistake that gave rush a three that we had gone over. We had discussed, we had rehearsed, um, those are the things that we've got to stop doing that are just kind of, you know, just kind of killing us. And when we do a better job against those, you know, uh, the rest will kind of follow. So, uh, yeah, they are very talented offensively and, and they've got grown men too, that are these, they're not really doing it with freshmen. They're doing it with, um, you know, Murray's a transfer. Uh, they got a couple of junior quarters a transfer. Um, so they, uh, they've got a couple uh, Henderson's a transfer. So they've got a couple of guys in their roster who have played college basketball and have been successful. Uh, and the junior college kids are, are, you know, obviously got a lot of mints the last two years. So they're, they're just an older, more physical group uh, that's got a lot of, a lot of offensive ability. You, I, I heard what you said. You're concerned more about your own team. And I respect that. Um, they're, they play tonight. Will you ask slash tell your team to watch them? Yeah, we'll tell them we're going to get we're going to actually come back for just some individual stuff. Uh, and then we, we always give them when a team is playing, especially in between scouts. So they'll they'll know that. And uh, we'll certainly I'll be tuned in tonight to watch them. Coach, where's uh, Jason Hidapai at? Uh, you got him in uh, briefly up in Ag or one of those two games. And uh, he's coming back from mono. And uh, how much of a contribution can he make going forward? He's still got to get himself in shape. He's way off. Uh, for that. Um, you know, I, we were in a little foul trouble in our front court. I just kind of threw him in up in Niagara. And as soon as I threw him in, they went zone. And I don't know if he knows one zone offensive set. We, we, we gave him like four or five uh, things that we wanted him to run if we were in there. And, uh, you know, of course they, they switch him to zone right away. So I kind of got him out and he was able to score a basket, but just, just the, the reps in practice, we, 
he did one of the individuals the other day and was really gassed. So we just got to get him uh, up to speed. I feel we could probably throw him in for a couple minutes right now um, and he'd be okay, but then you'd have to get him out. So his, his conditioning is just not good yet. Everybody else is good. No news is uh, good news. Uh, yeah, just Cal. Same with him. He's been out with that yeah. shoulder separation. He's going to have an MRI coming up here. And, uh, you know, that's that's obviously been a real issue with him. And and John Kelly's uh, kind of slowly making his way back. So that's that's what we got. Good, good. And I'll bet you, uh, you along with the rest of us, can't wait to say so long to 2020, huh? Oh. Yes, it's. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to going to remember this as, as a real great year, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of challenges this is in the long run. I always think those, they make you stronger. So, uh, but I will welcome 2021 yeah. for sure. Yeah, New Year's day, literally for the stags. Anything else there, Joe, as we wrap it up? No, I, I hate to be, take the role of Debbie Downer, but I'm sure you're paying attention to the couple that I know of coaches that have gotten COVID. You concerned or you doing anything different? Uh, Jay Wright's got it and the, Capel's got it right from Pitt, and I'm sure that you've got a couple other guys. Any anything you concerned any more than you have been? Or I'm just trying to be safe as possible, and I remind our guys all the time. Um, I'm not going out anywhere. I'm coming to work. I'm with the guys, and I'm you know at home. So I'm trying to. But you know, I I've heard from other coaches and guys who've done everything right that they've still gotten it. So yeah. um, we're just trying to do the best job that we can and and stay safe. And that's really all you can do. And uh, you know, again, I really appreciate the efforts of, of our university for uh, doing an unbelievable job of trying to put us in the best position to do that. All right, Coach. Uh, as always, thanks for the time. Uh, hoping to uh, pop a couple of champagne corks uh, this weekend on uh, Thursday night when we do it for the new year, and then we'll pop another one for uh, your sake when we celebrate your uh, first win of 2021, hopefully on Friday night, and that would be nice to follow it up on Saturday. But uh, Looking forward to getting this thing going again here and looking forward to a great 2021. So as always, thanks for uh, the quality time you spend with us on this podcast. Uh, happy new year in advance and we'll do it again next week. And I should mention, we'll do it again next week with, uh, we'll start bringing in players next week. Uh, we'll be looking forward to Taj Benning. We're good on that. We are good. Let's do it then. Joe, thank you. And that'll do it for this edition of open court with Jay Young. And next week, indeed, our first 2021 edition. We'll talk about the two games that the Stags will have played against Ryder. And then uh, we'll be joined by uh, Taj Benning next week as we talk about the Stags and uh, a pair of uh, upcoming Mac road games, a pair of games against a very tough St. Peter's team. So a lot going on next time we join you on open court. So for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Hiesler. Thanks, as always, for listening to Open Court with Jay Young. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.